0: Hello out there internet, Uh, Ginger here, although today for this one I'm going to be Eric because i got to be real here. Um, I mentioned a few days ago on Twitter that I'm going to be addressing the crisis in the Catholic Church, and that's why I'm running solo on this one, because I am the uh, Catholic half of the podcast, and well, as such, I think that I should be... Uh, addressing this because I've got a lot to say there's a lot to be said um, first. Let me get out of the way uh, Apologies for background noise. You might hear crickets crickets. They get into the basement sometimes and they make noise and um, To hear water running. That's probably somebody getting ready to take a bath upstairs Anyway, um, I'm gonna be getting into this going into a lot of different things. Uh, I read through Colonel Logano's letter recently uh, took a bunch of notes. you'll see me referring to those probably as I go through this. I'm gonna be getting into things like causes, why this seems like it's so much worse in the Catholic Church than other places and also why also you know what what we should do about it. Um, I'm gonna run this for about an hour. If I get to about an hour, I'm gonna cut it off. And I'll pick it up later. All right. So first, uh, if for some reason somebody out there is unaware of what's been going on and you just stumbled across this, uh, here, uh, I should give you some background. Okay. First of all, I think everyone knows about the abuse crisis in the Catholic Church here in the United States back in the early 2000s. A whole bunch of people came forward saying that they had been abused sexually by priests of uh, various kinds that some uh, bishops and cardinals had covered up for it and they it, the it was huge for a while there were a few dioceses that wound up claiming bankruptcy to settle the claims and everything I can't remember how many it wasn't like everyone by any means it was but it was it was a few I think it was at least three quite possibly more, and big ones too. Um, There's a lot to be said about that. I don't want to go too much into it here. I'll address a little bit of that as we go along, which I guess brings us to our next point. This recent crisis began with, first let me back up a moment. Uh, As far as the church herself is, is concerned, the abuse crisis never really stopped, by which I mean, Other things kept popping up in other countries. Uh, Most recently, there is stories in uh, Chile uh, about a bunch of abuse that was going on. Uh, Going back a few years, there was stuff in Austria. There was a semin, there was a seminary where a bunch of seminarians were found with a bunch of child porn on their computers, if I remember correctly. Other countries have come out with other uh, large amounts of allegations and. Cardinal Pell in Australia has also been under recent investigations, although honestly, those don't seem to be terribly credible. But the point is that this has been ongoing, in, depending on where you look, in the world, at least ever since the early 2000s, where people have been coming forward. Um, which brings us to the start of this most recent thing in Pittsburgh, where there was a grand jury report. And a lot of details came out. Not just abuse, not just inappropriate contact, things like that, but like the, the nitty-gritty, gory details of what went on. And it's horrifying. Flat out, absolutely disgusting and horrifying. If you've been following the news at all, you probably already know the details, and you know how horrifying it is. It's flat out, and I do not use this word likely, it is flat out satanic, what they have been doing. And by they, I mean the guilty parties. First, let's just go ahead and get some of the details out there because this should not be minimized and I'm going to say a bunch of stuff that people could take out of context and say I'm trying to minimize and play this down I am NOT at all. This is horrifying. This is disgusting and I am 100% with Matt Walsh in that the uh, Excommunication should continue until morality improves. Oh, I guess the excommunications have to start first You get my point This needs to happen. But we'll discuss that more when we get to accountability, maybe in the next video. But it's coming. Don't worry. So, details. Horrible, disgusting details. This was not just a handful of abusive priests operating independently. This was a network. This was a network of priests that they would actually give the kids they were grooming, they would give them gold crosses as a signal to other priests in the network that these kids were open and available. They used the faith to mark these kids. This is horrible. This... This does... So much more than just the obvious horror and trauma it does to the individual victims, it makes a mockery of, makes a mockery of God. Plain and simple, the damage to the church as an institution is obvious, of course, and that is also horrible because you're tarring innocent people with this, and by far most of them. Most priests, most bishops, at least most priests, at least, are definitely innocent. But these few, because of the horrendous sacrilegious nature of their crimes, the sheer perversion that they exhibit, they tar everyone. Everyone who claims to be Catholic is is tarred with this because of these people. Which, of course, you know how that affects me is utterly minuscule compared to the trauma it does to, say, the seven-year-old girl who was raped in a hospital bed while she was recovering from tonsil surgery. Yeah, that happened. They had a boy strip and poses Jesus on the cross and took pictures of him. They would use a cross to rape people. There was at least one report of a priest forcing a boy to perform oral sex and then washing his mouth out with holy water. This is more than just abuse. This is literally setting out to make an example, I mean, to, to to destroy the faith, at least for these children, for whoever they abused. It's at least setting up to destroy their faith. It makes an entire mockery of God. It's spitting in God's face. And if you're watching this, you don't believe in God that, you know what, that's fine. Uh, This isn't obviously going to mean that much to you. I get it. For those who do, Catholic or Protestant or Jewish, whatever, they're spitting on God. They're spitting on the God we all worship. There is no excuse for this. There is nothing that can be said. There's nothing that can be said for those who covered it up. There is no conceivable way that I can do that. That that that, that could be justified. I you know, back in the day, one of the things that was frequently said was, you know, the psychiatrists and everything, they said, Don't worry, this is a this is a psychological problem. We can address this, we can fix this. And that's one of the in the church listened to them, you know, back in like the sixties and seventies when this when the abuse was at its highest. They they listened to, to to those people. And that's part of why it continued so long. That they could you know, they'd send him to treatment. So a psychiatrist would say, Hey, he's fixed, he's good to go. And they'd put him in a parish, obviously a different parish. You know, you can kind of see you can kind of see them doing that once with, with a given priest. But, you know, fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice, I'm an idiot. Uh, Or evil, as the case may be. However, with priests who do things like what happened in the Pittsburgh diocese, this, this is not merely a psychological problem. This is evil. And they needed to be. honestly this, they they needed to suffer the harshest possible penalties p- penalties under the law and i mean the civil law not just church law they also need to suffer the harsh, harshest possible pen- penalties under church law absolutely they uh, any of them that are still alive need to be excommunicated and it should be said the that abuse did happen long ago at the at the general height of the abuse crisis is when the Pittsburgh stuff was going on. This was this is actually decades old now. Uh, as far as I know, there's nothing new after the early two thousands, at least. You know when the church began doing a much better job of policing herself, As far as I know, but it's it's much much what happened is just terrible. And there was no excuse for for passing this off. Regardless of how... Anyway, um, my point with this being so long ago was uh, most of these priests are dead or laicized. Most, if not all. The laicized ones. (sighs) Statute of Limitations does apply. I'm actually okay with lifting the statute of limitations in these cases, although I also agree with those who say it should be lifted in all cases dealing with childhood abuse. Because going back to the early 2000s again, there were places—at least one place, I think—in Colorado that they they did uh, lift the statute of limitations uh, for child abuse, but the. Law was very carefully worded to where it's like, yeah, this only means the Catholic Church. They specifically exempted like public institutions. So if somebody wanted to say, go after their high school teacher for abuse that happened years and years ago, wouldn't be happening. They, uh, you know, they, they made sure the law still protected those people. And we know from other things that have come out that. Abuse in public schools is rampant. It is much worse than I would have, frankly, than I would have thought. And the teachers' unions and stuff cover up for it. Uh, they've, uh, James O'Keefe recently did some stuff, catching people on camera saying that. So, but back to the uh, back to the Catholic Church. So this that stuff in Pittsburgh is what kicked off this latest round. Then some stuff came up about uh, Cardinal McCarrick. Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, or former Cardinal. He's now he resigned as a Cardinal, which I won't get into the weeds on why on what a Cardinal is. If you don't know, look it up, or feel free to ask a question. I'll be happy to answer it. Um, anyway, now Archbishop McCarrick. No, just just Bishop? Let's just say Bishop, because he's not actually in charge of a diocese. So, anyway, Bishop McCarrick, because the title is still applicable, he had some stuff come out recently. That said, he had been uh, seducing seminarians, uh, basically seducing them into homosexual relationships with himself, and relatively recently, it also came out that he was doing this with minors, I guess, as young as eleven which is pretty dang young. Don't care who you are. And that's what really really kicked us off because uh, you know instantly it kind of became you know who knew what when. And one of the first people to be implicated in both things, McCarrick and Pittsburgh, was Colonel world. He is currently, the Archbishop in Washington, D.C. Has been for some years now. And turns out he was in, I think he was Bishop of the Pittsburgh Diocese at the time that that was going on. At the very least, he was there, and he's been accused of having participated in covering that mess up. So not a huge fan of that guy. And he's also been accused of covering for, now Bishop McCarrick. I'll probably just refer to him as McCarrick from here on out. Now, you know, that was bad. That got a lot of people talking. Then the big bomb dropped. The big one. Uh, Cardinal Vigano, who was once uh, the nuncio or ambassador to the, United, to the United States from the Vatican, he wrote this 11-page letter going into detail, naming names, giving dates. Of People who knew about this people who are involved and it includes none other than Pope Francis This is really bad. I read through this thing a couple days ago uh, Took a bunch of notes I'm not gonna actually go through the notes in a ton of detail because it's a bunch of names that won't mean anything to you Suffice to say uh, Colonel Vagano goes like I said as I said in extreme detail uh, the McCarrick situation. He implicates a number of names of people who knew about this. Cardinal uh, Sodano, Car- uh, Angelo Sodano, Cardinal Te- Cecil Bertoni. I'm probably going to butcher a lot of these names, FYI. Those guys were both uh, Secretary of State for the Vatican. Which, you know, much like the Secretary of State here, you know, big-time dudes. You know, world-stage world players. And... Uh, Sodano was first. Bertoni was his successor, and uh, vagano accuses them both of knowing full well about McCarrick and what he had been doing, um, at least as far as it's seducing the seminarians. I'm going to be backing up on that in just a minute. Uh, not only were they guil- not only does vagano accuse them of being guilty of knowing full well what was going on with, with McCarrick, he accuses them of filtering a lot of information to Pope Benedict XVI, like basically saying, you know, we like nope, we don't think they'd get the letters. And I was like, yeah, we don't think the Pope needs to know about this. We're just going to put that over in the don't tell him file. Yeah. So, which is something I've always suspected. Because people would say, you know, the, you know, letters went out to the Vatican and so on and so forth. And people assume that the Pope reads all of his own mail. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the Catholic Church has a massive, massive, huge bureaucracy, which, again, I'll be getting to has a potential uh, exacerbator of this issue. So so suffice to say, it's easy to see how certain things would get would get filtered, and the pope, the guy at the top, would never know. I mean, think about it. The president of this country doesn't know everything. That, that he doesn't read all of his own mail. He doesn't get everything that's sent to the White House. Uh, same with any head of head of state. Same with the head of any major corporation. They don't know everything that's going on in every branch of, of the company. The head of McDonald's doesn't know what goes on. At the McDonald's down the street from me, maybe he, maybe he knows if it's a 24-hour McDonald's or not, or he could look it up. But well, uh, chances are no. It's left up to the individual. Anyway, uh, tangent. Point is, uh, Benedict did not know. Much of what was going on for some time. Same with John Paul II. Uh, Cardinal Sedano, apparently, didn't just cover for uh, for McCarrick. He also covered for a certain person whose name is uh, well, probably been forgotten, which was a father of Maciel Maciel. Again, I'm butchering the names, I'm sure. He is the founder of the Legionnaires of Christ. Which is a huge, 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 or was a huge religious order within the Catholic Church, uh, big, very popular with the more traditional types, and which I could count myself one of them. And they—they they were just huge. Um, a lot of people thought that they might be for the Church today what the Jesuits were back during the Reformation. Yeah, more like the Jesuits of today, as it turns out. Uh, not that there aren't good Jesuits. There are. You're out there. I know it. Just please try to make people know that you're out there. Because, yeah, when Father James Martin is your, is your primary public face other than the Pope, it, it doesn't reflect well. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, he turned out he was a massive sexual abuser. This came out during the uh failing years of John Paul II's papacy when his health was terrible. And it again, according to Cardinal Vagano's letter, uh, Cardinal Sedano uh, covered for him, filtered the information, going to the pope, and it didn't reach the pope until. Well, much, 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 much too late. But apparently, uh, he and I think Bertoni, I think he said, both argued, argued against any sort of sanctions on Maciel, anything like that. So the point is these guys apparently, uh, again, assuming all of these claims are true, these guys have got a, they got a lot to answer for. Put it that way. So you've got major... Vatican officials filtering information of the Pope you've got the nuncio saying it's like and he goes through it's like I tried to let these people know multiple times he gives them multiple days like 2006 2008 2013 it's like I tried to do this with the He's pro- basically I tried to do this with the proper channels and the proper channels were not working he finally you know was able to uh, excuse me he's finally able to get through and when Pope Benedict did find out, he did, he did put uh, restrictions on, on uh, McCarrick. basically effectively it was a go to your room and think about what you've done sort of thing. You know, you're not supposed to be doing public stuff, you're not supposed to be publicly celebrating mass. Uh, basically go to your room and pray fast. Think about what you've done and repent. Now that seems soft. I, I I grant you, I grant you that seems very soft to me. However, it is also it also seems clear uh, from reading, the from reading uh, Vigano's letter that not even Pope Francis knew about the abuse of minors until relatively recently, until 2013, I guess is the date that he knew about that. So Pope Benedict likely did not know about the uh, minors at all. Also all basically, Col McCarrick was guilty of homosexual activity with a bunch of seminarians who were of, who were of legal age. So as far as civil law in the United States, nothing to be done there. As far as church law, that's really, 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 really bad, and not just law, but teaching and doctrine. Uh, ben Shapiro keeps referring to this as a matter of canon law. It is not a matter of canon law because canon law is something that can just that can be changed. It's essentially the positive law of the church. It's it's uh, well, it's it, it's like the it's like the positive law of our, of any any country. You you can change it. It's a it's it's legislation essentially. Um. Whereas the church is teaching on homosexuality, this is doctrine. This is, it, this is something that cannot be changed. Just, it's an important distinction, and some of the more prominent voices out there discussing this are getting it, are, are getting it wrong. So anyway, so it's still, those seems soft. Frankly, um, frankly, McCarrick should have been publicly laicized. And as far as I'm concerned, if I were the main if I were the guy in the big chair, he would have been excommunicated like that. But I'm not the guy in the big chair. So uh Bennett did what he either he did either what he thought was appropriate, or he did what he thought he could do. By which I mean there is as well as you should be able to guess already. Based on the allegations about McCarrick, Sodano, and Bertoni, there is a huge uh, network protecting uh, people who basically protecting homosexual priests and you know and or abusive priests within the church, within the hierarchy. There's there are a lot of people who are totally okay with this, and people have essentially been arguing for the. Changing of church teaching on these matters, uh, not directly implicated in the letter, but you know, big on that sort of thing would be uh, uh, Cardinal Walter Casper, he's been running around the world doing this for decades. It anyway, um, I could go on about him for a little bit too, but since he's not really mentioned in the letter, I'll be leaving that aside for now. Uh. Oh, goodness, where was it? I'm going to be wandering around a lot as I do this because it's such a big thing. I'm very – I'm pretty emotional about it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, we've got, got the implication. So anyway, and people have gone and criticized that claim about sanctions on McCarrick saying that you know, p- pointing out that he'd been to Rome, he'd been to China, uh, he'd been around, even hanging out with uh, with Legano a bunch during that time when supposedly these saints were in place. Well, yeah, the thing is, he basically just didn't listen because contrary to popular belief, the church does not have a super secret uh, SWAT team that goes around smacking people, and basically, we th- there isn't like. An enforcement mechanism, really, uh, to you know make people follow church teaching. Even priests, even bishops, even cardinals, they can just be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna do what I want. So, and you know, as long as they're not within the wall, within the walls of the Vatican, where there is the Swiss Guard, not much you can do. Other than obviously, like I said, just publicly say, You did this and you are now no longer able to function as a priest at all. Any mass you celebrate isn't valid. You cannot administer any of the sacraments to anybody. And yeah. And oh yeah, by the way, you're excommunicated. You also don't get to receive communion at all. Period. End of story. Now to do that publicly, that would be huge, especially with a figure as big and influential as McCarrick. He would be huge. So anyway, um, not only did he just clearly kind of ignore the sanctions, it's also been clear that since Pope Francis became the Pope, he, uh, McCarrick, has been traveling a whole heck of a lot more than he did under uh, Benedict. Uh, it seems pretty clear that something clearly, that something changed, and that Vigano asserts that in his letter saying that uh, Pope Francis, being fully aware, mind you, of the situation with McCarrick, not the miners right away, uh, but being aware of his homosexual conduct, went ahead and, you know, went ahead and lifted the sanctions, which is interesting for a number of reasons. There's some contradictory stuff uh, regarding Pope Francis himself that is that is brought up in this letter. Uh, Colonel Vagano mentions a conversation with with the Pope that began with kind of a public audience saying that everybody goes up, says 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 hello, the Pope says something nice normally, and they go on about their business. Well. During one of these, uh, when Vigano was there, says Pope Francis said, it's like, hey, you make sure those bishops in the U.S. aren't ideological. They need to be, you know, shepherds or something along those lines. Um, not, you know, and Vigano was like, wait, what? What does this even mean? Yeah, justly so. And, you know, he goes... So he got a private audience with Pope Francis, looking for some sort of clarification. He was like, "What? What do you mean?" And basically, what he said was, "You know, don't be right-wing like that, like that, uh, like that guy in Philadelphia, which would be Archbishop Chaput." Which uh, fun thing there—the archdiocese of Philadelphia. Normally, whoever is put in charge of that diocese is made a cardinal. Archbishop Chaput was moved from Denver to Philadelphia during uh Pope benedict's during Pope benedict's reign, and he wasn't instantly made a cardinal, it was assumed that he would be quickly, but he wasn't for some reason and he surely hasn't been under Pope Francis kind of expected him to do that when you know, he had a conclave and created a bunch of cardinals yeah didn't have him kind of thinking that he's being left out on purpose, especially since it's cardinals that that elect the Pope. Anywho, fun little thing there. Anyway, so he specifically signals him out as being that right wing, you know, being way too right wing, which, you know, basically it means upholding the teachings of the church and being, you know, skeptical of, of the state, which is usually a line, you know, which is aligned with conservatism here in the United States. But the church has all kinds of reasons to be skeptical of the state. But that's a whole other thing that maybe I'll get to in the next video because I see that we're already getting close to an hour. I'm not going to get through all of this tonight. <laughs> not even close. So anyway, but don't be right-wing, and don't be left-wing either. What does that mean? Left-wing means being homosexual, apparently. Yeah, apparently left-wing equals homosexual. Uh, that's... I, I both find it odd and frankly I, I honestly find that a little funny too. But <laughs> uh but then you've got that now that whole thing is weird. That's because it was, because of his interesting understanding of American politics and how it all matches up with church teaching and everything. But it also is odd because uh Pope Francis's Softer stance on practicing homosexuals is not exactly a secret. He has made many odd statements and whatnot, you know, on various plane rides and and lots of other places as well. He's also made other statements, you know, to be fair, that perfectly reflect church teaching. So it's odd there, to say the least. I don't know. I I don't know what he's getting at. Getting at with that. So, oh goodness, I I lost track of my uh, train of thought again. Anyway, uh, now what's also interesting about that is Cardinal McCarrick, back when he was a Cardinal, later on repeated like the same exact thing to Vigano at a little get-together South America somewhere or somewhere. I can't remember exactly where it was off the top of my head, but It's like repeated basically the same line Vegano uh, says that means that McCarrick fed it to, to Francis. It, it could have been the other way around I, who knows um, Either way either way there's a it a strange alignment of of thought there that To me doesn't quite add up. It's it's interesting so anyway Vagano goes on to name several other bishops here in the United States and elsewhere that participated, that knew about McCarrick including a pretty conservative bishop uh, Cardinal or I should say traditional because conservative implies American politics and I don't want to do that. Let's just say traditional. Uh, Cardinal Ola Aulet, I'm butchering the name, but he's from Quebec. And who, up until this, had a pretty good reputation. But then again, it doesn't necessarily say that he was actively covering up. He might have been trying to follow the proper channels as well and not getting anywhere. It just says that he probably knew. And there's a whole host of others uh, that Vigano says probably knew. It's including uh, Archbishop, Cardinal, I'm sorry, Edwin O'Brien, who's another, excuse me, who's another pretty, uh, at least I've generally considered pretty solid. It says Cardinal Sean O'Malley in Boston, most likely new. You know, again, knowledge, it depends what knowledge means. Does knowledge mean hearing rumors? Does knowledge mean hearing it officially, semi officially? And there's nothing really said about what they did or didn't do with that knowledge. Although, I mean, if they had any sort of positive knowledge, obviously they should have pushed to get it to to the Pope. But there's nothing to say here that they did or that they didn't. Hard to say. Uh, But people who were covering include Archbishop uh, Tobin, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and Cardinal World. And, uh, oh, Cardinal Stupich in Chicago who has had an interesting relationship with uh, things like the pro-life movement. He's not a huge fan, not a huge fan at all. And you also likely, if you've been following the story at all, you've likely heard that name because he's been criticizing uh, Vegano and defending the Pope in really a bad way. He thinks he's defending. He's kind of making it worse because apparently he's not real bright. Uh, The big thing is, he did an interview. He was like, "Well, you know, we're not going to go the down the rabbit hole on this." You know, the church pope has got a bigger agenda, like you know, dealing with the environment, and immigration, and you know, managing the you know man, managing the, the the church the work of the church, and you know, people probably hate him because he's Latino. Really, really, <laughs> okay, so. We're going to go ahead and say that allegations of abuse and cover-up that go literally straight to the top. Now, that's not a big deal. We shouldn't deal with that. That's said, we need to talk about some climate change. We, we need to talk about people not running their air conditioners and exactly what U.S. border policy is. Really? I don't think so. I do not think so at all. It's like, I mean, your defense is, eh, eh, not a big deal at all. You know, Let's get some solar panels going. Let's do that. And it wouldn't be nearly so darkly humorous if it wasn't for the Babylon Bee. If you don't know, that's basically an evangelical Christian version of the Onion. They ran a thing across about three weeks ago now, as Pope Francis promises to address abuse crisis right after he's done talking about climate change. It was meant to be a parody there, Bishop. Parody. You know what that means? Clearly not. Because you literally just made the, the parody a freaking reality. Freaking clown show. Anyway. I had to get that off my chest a little bit. Especially since it lines up so well with Pope Francis' utter non-defense of, I'm not going to say a word about it. Uh, You guys go ahead and read it, figure it out for yourselves when asked about uh, the letter. Good call. Kind of makes you look a little guilty now, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially when, let's go ahead and talk just a little bit about the, uh, you know, what is the credibility of this? some people have gone after Vegano, saying there's been stuff about him, along these lines, that is that's been brought up. He says, actually, it had been reported by some that they need to uh, that, that that he says in the letter that he was doing this to clear his conscience, and and that he he was tacitly admitting to guilt being guilty of covering the stuff up himself that's not or, or that's not true that's not that's not what he says in the letter he does say he needs to do it to have a clear conscience but that's because he's trying to do this with the proper channels and nothing has happened not that he's participated in covering it up but i think that he decided that continued silence would effectively be participating in covering it up there that's a very important difference He also says at the opening of the letter that people have accused me of these sorts of things and they're lies. He uses the term calumny, which is basically spreading lies about a person. You know, just spreading, or at the very least, unsubstantiated rumor. Now, obviously, you know, his word doesn't necessarily mean that the accusations are true or not true. But the point is, he doesn't say at all. That they are. He says quite the opposite. So I wanted to be clear about that as well, in case anyone has heard differently about the contents of the letter. Also, there's a Monsignor named in the letter. It starts with an L. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but he's named a couple times in the letter as being someone who's in the know on the stuff. And when asked about it, he responded that Vigano wrote the truth. Period. End of sentence. End of story. He wrote the truth. Pretty simple, direct statement, don't you think? Unlike uh, other statements that I just talked about. Also, uh, within the last few days, Edward Penton, who's a journalist for outlets like for Catholic outlets like Zenit, uh, EWTN, and the National Catholic Register. These are all more on the traditional side of the church. Uh, He's been doing solid reporting out of the Vatican for freaking decades now. And he claims to have a source who is part of Pope Benedict's staff saying that, yeah, these these sanctions definitely happened. And yes, Cardinal McCarrick, uh, when he was Cardinal, again, that he just flat out ignored them. Yeah. Yeah. And defied them as much as he possibly could so there has been corroboration of pagano's claims not a ton yet uh, but also pagano says that says in the letter that he's willing to testify under oath to this stuff so if somebody asks he's willing to show up put his hand on put his hand on the bible and swear before God that what he's saying is true So, for a man who's going to be meeting him soon because he's old, let's face it, he, you know, that, that that's a rather important statement to make. Other people have said that, uh, you know, this is conservatives trying to do a coup on the more progressive Pope, yada, yada, yada. I'm sorry, um, I'm pretty politically conservative and traditional when it comes to the church. I don't know if I've ever heard this guy's name before. As far as that goes, he's not huge in in, in that uh, in that world, as far as I know. <sighs> anyway, I had to get that out of there too. Now, with uh, Pope Francis being having been elected Pope, which Apparently, uh, it says in the letter that Cardinal McCarrick had a significant hand in, and also I guess uh, McCarrick has said as much that he played a big role in convincing everyone to elect, um, you know, Bishop Bergoglio, now Pope, Pope Francis, to the, uh, you know, to the to, to the papacy. Apparently, they've gone about setting up. a Good old boys network, which includes people like Supich and, and World and Tobin of people that would kind of cover for each other. And. Uh, yeah. Not good. Basically, just a little network to push their agenda secretly, you know, contrary to the teachings of the church, contrary to any legitimate authority they had, but they went about setting up this network. Oh, gosh, there's just so much, so much that could be discussed here. It's, there's, there's way too much to get to, even an hour-long video. And I've really only discussed the letter so far. I haven't discussed any broader, really much in the way of broader context. Uh, I certainly haven't gotten to what to do about this, um, what makes what seemingly makes the Catholic Church different than than everyone else. I'll be getting to that. It's going to take some time, though. I'm going to try to do uh, a couple of these videos over the next week or so just to further address this, because there's a lot of detail here. There's a lot of context that people aren't getting into, but I definitely wanted the first one to be about what's in the letter. How bad is this? It's really bad. This is huge. Um, not, um, you know, primarily for anyone who suffered as a result of this, for one who has been corrupted by the seductions of McCarrick and others, and whatever harm they've gone on to do. This is bad. This is a huge part of why the church continues to suffer these issues because we have not stopped this. Not by a long shot, unfortunately. This is really just beginning. As again, which is <laughs> even with the uh, revelations of abuse, uh, there's a big thing in, like I mentioned earlier, there's a thing in Chile that uh, came out within the last year or so. And uh, Pope Francis was accused of kind of protecting people there. He did finally um, wind up accepting the Bishop's resignation, who was apparently the, the big cheese there, the one who did cover a bunch of stuff up. But there's still a couple others that Pope Francis is protecting, according again to the claims of uh, Vigano's letter. Vigano also goes on to say that uh, there's going to be some stuff coming out concerning Honduras in the near future. So, expect that. All kinds of good times. Yeah. Says it's actually going to be as bad. And apparently, one of the people who was, uh, who's been implicated in these other scandals is from Honduras. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to, it's going to get worse. There's going to be more revelations of abuse. Um, As far as what this is going to do to the church, we'll get to that. I do think that this is an uh, like a this is going to be one of those eras in the church that people study for a very long time. This is, you know, this is Borgia Pope level corruption. This is corruption at the level uh, that the church was engaged in when we invented net when we. Gave the world the word nepotism. Yeah, you're you're welcome for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, whether you know what's what's going to happen is there going to be schism? Is there is the pope going to wind up have, having to resign? Who knows? We'll get to some speculation on that later on. Probably in the last. Probably in the last video I do on this particular subject. In the meantime, uh, for some really solid coverage of what's going on, check out Edward Penton. Uh, Strongly recommend uh, finding him. Again, he's at Zenit, National Catholic Register, EWTN. Uh, Follow those people. Uh, Check out Raymond Arroyo. Uh, He does the world over on EWTN. He's uh, going into this pretty thoroughly. Um, check out the Daily Wires, uh, Matt Walsh and P- Paul Bois. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. I've only <laughs> heard your name pronounced on the Michael Lowell show, which, check out Michael Lowell's too. He's covered this a couple of times. He's most, He mostly does politics, so his coverage on this will be sporadic, but his coverage thus far, when he does address it, has been good. Um, so let's so see here. Matt Walsh, Paul Bois, Michael Knowles. Check out Stephanie Nichols. I'm sorry, Stephanie Nicholas. Uh, on She's on Twitter. Also, she writes for Human Defense International. I don't think that organization will be addressing this at all, but she's been addressing it a lot on Twitter. Uh, so definitely check her out. Um, Todd Erzin, he's the uh, Catholic member of the Steve Day Show. Um, definitely give Definitely give him a look as well. And also the Steve Dace show, although Steve Dace is an evangelical Christian, as is, um, I should say, the emphasis should be on evangelical, not on Christian. Uh, he's an evangelical Christian as opposed to a Catholic Christian, uh, as is his producer, um, Aaron McIntyre. Uh, but they've been doing really good, honest uh, coverage of this, is, uh, of this crisis. Uh, so check them out on Twitter as well. The show normally runs on CRTV, but they also put on on a free podcast that's available on iTunes. So please check that out. Um, I'll try to think of others that you should be checking out for coverage on this as I go through and do other videos. So I think it's about time that I wrap this up. I've gone over uh, most of the important highlights of this letter. I'll probably throw out some other, as other stuff comes out, like I said, I'll be, I'll be t- discussing uh, information. Has, I'll be discussing information as it becomes available, because this story has continued to develop, and it's huge. And again, most of these will probably be solo, unless I bring on somebody else who wants to, uh, you know, d- debate it with me from an alternative perspective, another Catholic who wants to discuss it with me. I'd be more than happy. Uh, feel free to. Uh, DM me at fightingvoid on Twitter or just uh, fightingvoid at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to do that. Uh, contact me directly. If you've got questions, uh, you, you want to know exactly what a cardinal is, go ahead. Uh, anything that comes up regarding this, feel feel free to uh, to ask. Or if you've just got hate mail, you just want to rant and rave, you know what? Fine. I'll, I'll be your punching bag, man. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I'm okay, I'm a big boy, I can take it. Um with that, I'm gonna be signing off because I'm just about at that hour mark. Um I'll be getting into I think the next one I do will start off with why the Catholic Church. So look for that in the next in the coming days, and until then, keep fighting the good fight. Someone has to.